week's episode of the top five report the podcast that is finally going to go back to the movies because black widow is about to release and we get to go sit in our favorite seat and enjoy the big screen experience once again my name is drew i'll be your host for the evening yes i already have my black widow ticket and i cannot wait however uh joining me as always is my brother peter hey man (laughs) Hey, well, I'm here for that. Um, I do not have my ticket yet, but uh, I am excited about Black Widow. I'm I am excited to uh, return to movie theaters as well. So, uh, yeah, that's really exciting. How far out are we? When is the release date? Uh, All right. So at the time of this recording, it is June 23rd. The release of Black Widow is July 9th. I will be seeing it the morning of July 10th in IMAX. And I can I'm happy to say that I got my favorite seat that because I always buy the same seat. You know, you always go to the assigned seating shows. I always buy the same seat. I'm always in the same seat. I'm not going to tell you what it is, because if anyone lives near me, they might try and snake it out from under me one day. Um, But I got my seat and uh, I just I was it felt really good to purchase a movie ticket again. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. What what I'm getting from this is you're basically just the Sheldon of your local movie theater. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could say that. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm kind of the opposite where I'm, I play pretty fast and loose with movie theaters where I almost always buy my tickets last minute. Um, sometimes I don't get the seat I want. Sometimes I get a really crappy seat, but, uh, I think for me, that's kind of part of the fun and the adventure of the whole experience. So, um, like I, like I've said before, I haven't been to a movie since early in 2020. So, um, you know, I've kind of missed that whole adventure aspect and, you know, talking to, uh, you know, people you don't know as you're waiting to get into the movie and, uh, that whole experience, it's just something that, uh, I've definitely been missing like a lot. I don't know about you, but yeah. Well, so back in the day, back in like my uh, college days, uh, high school, college days, you went when you start going to see movies with friends, we used to go. I had a group of friends that I'd go with all the time and we were always a very large group going to see movies and we'd see like almost everything together. And as you get to become an adult, as you get older and you get kids and, you know, your life changes, we, you know, you drift apart a little bit and you can't go in those big groups anymore. And it's honestly, it's something I miss. So. For those of you who are listening from your part of my old movie group, um, I miss it, guys. So maybe we should try and figure that out sometime and go see a movie. That being said, though, I, I had friends like that, too, but they just don't get uh, enthusiastic about stuff anymore. <laughs> so well, that that's part. what I'm missing. They're just like, oh, I don't want to see that movie. It looks like it sucks. I'm like, yeah, but we could go see a movie and it'd be fun. But it is what it is. It's part of uh, getting older, I guess. But uh, no, what were you saying? Well, what I was when I my point, though, is, is that like lately, like I got to a point a little bit there, like with the, some of the Marvel movies, for example, when you're just like, I need to see every ounce, every second, every don't let me miss anything kind of a per- personality. So like 
I hated, I hate waiting for people in the lobby. Like when they're like, buy my ticket, I'll join you there. Cause no one shows up as early as I do for movies. <laughs> and then I'm stuck waiting in the lobby going, getting antsy. Like I gotta get to my seat, gotta get to my seat, watching my clock. Um, so I started seeing movies by myself, um, a while back and it is incredibly therapeutic and I love it. <laughs> so, um, by all means, I love going to see movies with people, but at the same time, I, I really enjoy walking into that theater, sitting down and just having like two hours to myself and like, or four, if it was the Snyder cut, for example, and just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, well, well speaking of the Snyder cut, what, what were you saying? No, just having that moment. It's become like yeah. kind of almost a therapy thing, if you will, but go ahead. Uh, no, speaking of the Snyder cut, um, that whole like bit you were talking about there was reminding me of when uh, I went opening night with a group of friends to see Batman v Superman, and uh, I was saving a spot for uh, one of my best friends, and he ended up showing up to the movie about <laughs> five minutes late, and uh, I was kind of annoyed by that because while I'm wanting to pay attention to the movie. I'm having to like fend off other, uh, you know, movie theater goers because they're trying to take his seat. And I was like, no, no, you know, it's taken. So my friend finally does walk in and immediately after sitting down, he like dropped his wallet on the floor or something. <laughs> so the next two minutes I had to help him like find his wallet. And I was like, come on, I've been waiting a year to, or, you know, even more to see this movie. Like, why does why is my uh, experience being ruined right now? But uh I think we've talked about this before. Don't watch movies with friends because <laughs> they'll just ruin it for you. <laughs> well, I was just thinking to myself, this is exactly why I started seeing movies by myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but no, like seriously, uh, those people I used to see movies with, in all seriousness, I do miss seeing movies with you. Um, we should try and figure something out because the world's starting to become a thing again. Um, but seriously, Pete, let's get into um, the actual show. Um I'm going to tell you this before you give me your watching and reading. Um, we're recording on Wednesday, and I did not have time to scramble and get Loki in for this week. But I have seen the second episode, so um, so I'm caught up other than today, and I'll make sure I get Loki in before we get. But, uh, yeah, I'll make sure I have Loki all caught up by the next time we get to talk again. So. Well, that's awesome, because um, now we're at the same uh, local or <laughs> the same Loki level as each other, because <laughs> I haven't watched the newest episode either. Um, but I look forward to it, to it, uh, look forward to watching it in the next few days. Uh, what did you think of the second episode? Well, first off, both episodes are phenomenal. And I want to point out something real quick, because I've seen some negativity on the Internet about how people were upset that the Infinity Stones in the TVA did we talk about this last week? No, I mean, we we, bo we would have both seen episode the first episode, but we yeah. didn't talk about the Infinity Stones at all. So there's some, there was some flack on the Internet about people saying that the uh, they were really upset about the Infinity Stones not having they they weren't powerful, like they didn't do anything. It was like it was almost like they were throwaway items because they were like um, uh, because they were like, yeah, they don't work here. They're, they don't really do anything. You know, a bunch of guys have them as uh, paperweights. Where and when you watch like Infinity War and Endgame, Infinity Stones have such an important role. They're very unique and iconic. And we all saw the horrible tragedy that happened. However, the TVA, when you think about that, they kind of exist in this pocket dimension, if you will. And they've already established that magic doesn't work there. And when you have these stones that have magic properties to them, if they don't work in the TVA, that's not that big of a deal because they basically, through dialogue, said magic doesn't work here. Well, now you throw in the fact that there's a bunch of different Infinity Stones. 
Well, if you think about it, based on the show proper, they handled it in dialogue. It's all there. Multiple timelines, multiple variants screwing stuff up. There's probably a variant that got captured here or there that might have one or two Infinity Stones on them. Absolutely. Throwing them in a drawer. So everyone who freaks out about that, don't piggyback on the Internet not knowing things. Pay attention. Put down your cell phones. Watch the movie. Pay attention to dialogue. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I, I'm I'm kind of shocked this was controversial because I just thought it was a really fun little touch that like, yeah, as you mentioned, like you can't use your magical powers in the TVA. And uh, that was just kind of a cool thing. Like, OK, Infinity Stones don't work here, which kind of solves the issue of uh, Loki having the Tesseract in the first place, you know. He could have just escaped that with the te- the Tesseract, and I guess the show could have ended there, but that wouldn't be a fun show. But it's also just a cool play on, you know, you have the most powerful, uh, you have these stones that are some of the most powerful things in the universe, and they're just, you kind of have this weird sense of, like, infinity stone inflation where, okay, there's all these multiple timelines that uh, these sort of time criminals are creating, and here and there, you know, one of them does have an infinity stone, and so you have all these different timelines, infinity infinity stones in one spot, and they're kind of useless, and I just thought it was kind of a really subtly humorous thing, but also just kind of a cool detail. I'm really surprised that this was controversial at all. Yeah, I I agree. And I was surprised, too. But I was like, when I saw that, I was like, okay, hold like I find myself arguing the other side sometimes when people like drag on like little points in movies or television shows. And I'm always like guy going, well, wait, it was discussed in dialogue that this happened or it was talked about here that this or they showed you this in the background. Like this, these writers aren't stupid and they know their audience is smarter than you know they like to think they are. So they're giving you everything you need. So, yeah, I don't know. But regardless, <laughs> regardless, I thought the I thought the second episode was great. Um, I'm really intrigued by Lady Loki for sure. Um, and uh, it was I was talking with uh, our brother Scott, who suggested that uh, there's all there's going to be like we're going to discover a whole timeline where like all the characters are like maybe possibly gender swapped because you have like Lady Loki, you'll have Lady Thor, possible setup for uh, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder because of the whole uh, Lady Thor. Um, Jane Thor situation. Um, so there's a lot, there's a potential lot going on there. So it's a potential setup for that. I thought some of the dialogue, seeing how the timelines, like when they had that little device and it was showing all the timelines branch off, I was like, Oh, this is possible setup for Dr. Strange as well. Um, they said that Loki was going to very heavily set up and drastically change everything that we've seen go to facilitate what's coming down the pipe. And um, it's and I kind of went in into the show with a little bit of speculation, but I was just ready to enjoy the next Marvel chapter. And they are really changing things that I think are going to have drastic effects. So I totally see what they're saying with that. But yeah, um, I think those are all like really good points, especially on the broader scheme of uh, things. And I, I just I just know I watched this second episode and just from a story standpoint just from the individual uh chapter of the story that's told in that episode i was on the edge of my seat i just thought it was really it was a really great episode like i really liked the first episode but the second episode i just felt like they turned everything up a notch and uh the lady loki thing i've heard that's even gotten some some hate on online i thought it really caught me off guard i thought it was kind of cool i honestly 
wasn't sure that it was supposed to be a female Loki at first. I was kind of racking my brain a little bit. Like, is this another Asgardian character we've seen somewhere else? But overall, I'm just intrigued by the whole thing. Like, I want to know where the story goes. And uh, no, I just I think this show is awesome so far. I think um, as these Marvel shows have been coming out, they just keep getting better and better. And uh, no, I just think Loki. I mean, I haven't seen the third episode, but so far, this show has been a blast overall. Yeah. So, yeah. And I agree. It's I'm just excited to see more. Um, so I kind of a little bummed that I wasn't able to squeeze that episode in before we sat down tonight. <laughs> nice. um, but did you watch anything else? Yeah, I've got a pretty short list um, and it can keep my reviews pretty short as well. But um, one thing I wanted to mention is uh, this new new ish movie on Netflix called uh, The Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh, are you familiar with this? Um, I've heard about it. I have not watched it yet. So, okay, cool. So it's a new, it's a family friendly, um, animated movie. Um, but this movie is pretty awesome overall. It's a, uh, you know, it's a 3d animated movie about a, uh, it's essentially a family road trip where a family takes their uh, daughter to uh, drop her off at college. And, uh, (laughs) in the midst of the events that go on in the movie, there's a, not a zombie apocalypse, but a robot apocalypse that takes place. So there's a bunch of uh, iRobot style uh, robots that kind of go rogue and start trying to kill all humans, take over the earth, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, this movie's just really it's really fun. It's uh, there's a ton of clever uh, things. There's like the uh, the daughter, the main character, she is going to film school. So there's a lot of funny jokes about the uh, movies that she's working on and stuff at the beginning of the movie. And uh, there's just a lot of really creative action scenes and stuff. And the movie is uh, the other thing I wanted to say is just the animation's really good, too, because I feel like it's somewhere between this might sound weird, but it's somewhere between uh, the movie Monster House and the and uh, Into the Spider-Verse. And those are two of my favorite uh, CG animated films. Um, that I've ever seen because it has that sort of uh, monster house level. Like it's almost like they have a stop motion style to a lot of it. And I don't know if that's just because the CG is good enough that the characters just look like they have that physical presence, but they also have that sort of um, lower frame rate into the spider verse thing going. And there's a lot of just really cool stylistic changes. And uh, I don't have too much to say about this movie. I just, this is one of those movies I put on because I was looking for something for my kid to watch. And then I was just really taken by surprise. Like <laughs> this movie's a blast. Um, and it's, it's, it's just fun. It's a, it's got that apocalyptic, uh, sort of zombie land road trip thing, but it's got that fun sort of, uh, family coming of age thing going as well. So this one's just definitely recommend. And I don't know too much else to say about it, but, uh, no, I just thought this movie was really cool and everybody should check it out. Nice. Um, well, I've been keeping up with the Bad Batch as well, which is awesome. That show keeps getting better and better. Um, if you are if you are not watching it, this is a little spoiler, but I think uh, Crosshair will be back with the team by the end of the season. Um, if you are watching it, you know what I'm talking about. So that's my little bit of a prediction. Um, the uh, I don't want to go too much into it because I'm kind of more along for the ride. I'm not, you know, it's hard to break down a star Wars cartoon show when I know not a lot of people watch it. Cause I think it's funny how I, I praised 
Rebels and Clone Wars for years trying to get all my friends to watch them. Like, you guys really should be watching the show. And The Mandalorian came out, and I'm sitting here going, man, aren't you guys thinking you probably should have watched that? Because every time they had raised a question, I'm like, well, it was covered in this show. Um, so being Star Wars animation, I want to do deep dives, but it's hard to do that sometimes when uh, um, you don't have everyone watching the show. And I know you're not. So um, uh, there's other podcasts for that, but the show's fantastic if you're Star Wars <laughs> you should be watching it. Um, I did watch Luca, um, the new Pixar movie on Disney Plus. Um, uh, I'm going to this is uh, I did not like this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I did not like this movie at all. Um, in terms of Pixar, it really is not their best. Um, the story was fine. You know, the adventure was fine. The animation was really good. It's pro because it's Pixar. It's probably going to win best animated movie come Oscar season. The thing is, is that it's I, I just felt like it was phoned in like and I found myself very bored with it um, throughout the entire movie. Um, and I don't really know why. Uh, maybe it's subject matter. Maybe it was a little too little kiddish, but it just didn't feel like a Pixar film, if you will. Is is it uh, one of those things where it's like you look at Pixar and the nine out of ten of their movies are just amazing, like almost make you cry and have great characterizations and are just super memorable. And then <laughs> when they turn out a movie that's just, you know, it's good, but it's just not that like level that you're used to from Pixar. Is that is it that sort of thing where it's like it's a good movie, but it's just not as uh as great as you were expecting sort of thing well it in terms of it being a good movie i mean i okay i i didn't know if it was just you were comparing it to just, other pixar films and i fell short i was comparing it to pixar as a studio so yes you have your golden gems like toy story 3 and as much even though i don't like up i know people hold that to a high standard you know what i mean like there's those golden gems in terms of Pixar, but this didn't feel like that at all. And uh, I kind of I did go in thinking to myself, what's the gimmick? What's going to make me cry? Um, I felt really no emotional attachments at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I, I just found it just the whole thing felt very uncharacteristic to Pixar altogether. Um, so um, where I came in last week saying I saw Ray and the Last Dragon and was blown away and loved it. Then I watched this and I was like, oh, OK, Pixar, what are we doing? So, yeah, that's yeah, I, don't know. I wasn't a big fan. Watch it. Um, I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm just saying I wasn't a big fan. So fair enough. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk some news, man, unless you have because I did have one more. So, yeah, I had one more thing I wanted to mention. Sure. Um, I just started listening to the History of Horror podcast, um, which is uh, it's the I guess it's a. um. I don't know. I want to say expansion pack. <laughs> that's, not the, that's not the right word, but it's related to the history of horror TV show that's uh, hosted by Eli Roth, which is, I believe, on AMC, um, which I haven't watched the TV show at all. But I started listening to the podcast because I was just looking for new stuff to listen to. And uh, so far, this podcast is really, really awesome. Uh, I'm like halfway through the first episode, which is uh, Eli Roth interviewing Rob Zombie and Greg Nicotero. And they're literally just going through the history of horror. You know, they're just bringing up uh, different, like really big movies that really shaped the genre. So the conversation starts with them talking about King Kong and then they start talking about Jaws and then they go to American Werewolf in Paris and so on and so forth. And you're listening to um, 
well, I should say I'm listening to three, um, three director or yeah, directors and movie makers that I really respect and look up to. And, uh, it's just really cool to hear them, like how they related to these films growing up and, uh, all the little tidbits and factoids you pick up. And, uh, this is just a really enjoyable listen. So I'm really looking forward to d- diving deeper into this, uh, this whole history of horror thing. But, uh, yeah, that's the last thing I wanted to mention, but it's definitely, if you're into horror movies, but also if you're just into the history of film in general, like I think this is definitely a good uh, good place to go. Nice. Um, that actually sounds really cool because I really like some of that deep dive behind the scenes movie stuff. Um, just seeing how they did all that stuff. And even if they're just sitting there talking about it, that sounds fantastic. Um, all right, man. Well, let's talk about the news tonight. Um First thing, this kind of blew my mind and I kind of like really put myself into perspective. Um, I've, you know, I'm a video game guy and played my fair share of video games. And um, I it just I was when I read this today, I was like, holy cow, I didn't even think about it today. Twenty five years ago, the Nintendo 64 released. <laughs> it was 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, makes me feel old. That's crazy. <laughs> first off, video games have come a long way since then, but it was just like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Um, so I just thought that was kind of that was kind of cool. Um, all right. So we're going to I'll give you the weird story. How about that? I got two weird stories for you. And then some, okay. and then some movie updates. Uh, weird story number one. I don't know if this is a weird story. It's more of the I didn't ex- I don't know if I was like, wow, this is kind of interesting, because up until a few hours before we sat down, this was the only news story we had for the night um, because I was like, wow, is it a slow news week? Transformers 7 is coming. If you didn't know that, but Transformers 7 is getting an official title. It's going to be called Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Uh, oh, that's so sick. <laughs> I know. I know. And that kind of made me like really kind of like, ooh, this could be cool. Um, the battle on Earth is no longer just between Autobots and the Skepticons. The franchise is bringing the elements that fans haven't seen yet on the big screen, like the Maximals, Predacons and Terracons. Transformers Rise of the Beasts will be in theaters June 24th, 2022. So we are getting Beast Wars in the way we probably should have gotten Beast Wars as opposed to the way they handled it in 20 and uh the fourth Transformers movie. So, yeah. So, um, no beast wars was awesome. Like I grew up watching that show and it was just so, so much fun to watch. Like it was so cool. I kind of want to go back to it and see if it, how well it holds up. But, uh, then they did the spinoff show or a sequel show or however you want to phrase it. They did beast machines and, uh, that show had some really out there character designs, but that one was really like a really good show as well. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to mention a couple of things is when you started talking about this, um, I had a crazy spectrum of emotions <laughs> because first I questioned myself, is there real? has there really been six Transformer movies? And then I went into this, well, it's another Transformers movie. This is going to be dumb. And then as soon as you said Beast, I just got so excited and happy. I was like, that's awesome. They're bringing Beast Wars to live action. This is going to be great. Um, yeah, I, I really, whew, man, it just, I can't wait, dude. Like, because I was thinking about it as I was thinking back to, well, as long as I don't screw it up. Um, I was thinking back to because they have one job and that's to get it right. Right. So um, I was just thinking back to like getting ready for school in the morning and Beast Wars, the Beast Wars cartoon was on. You yeah. know what I mean? Like and I'd watch Beast Wars before I went to school every morning. It was awesome. And I was like and like you'd fire up the TV and even if it was a rerun, you're like, 
oh, this is what I'm doing every morning. You know what I mean? So um, it just sounds cool. And where I was kind of like getting burned out on the Transformers films, I'm totally down for this. This sounds cool. Yeah. So. I can also say, like, uh, I really, really enjoyed uh, Bumblebee. And I mean, I don't know for sure, uh, but I'm just. I no, I just haven't watched that one yet. I almost forgot. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to watch that. <laughs> so. Yeah, Bumblebee's like kind of a cool 80s throwback um, movie, and it kind of fits that sort of like uh, you've got the main character girl and Bumblebee, who's like almost like her pet slash prote- protector. Like it has that sort of free willy Pete's dragon sort of vibe to it, which is really fun. But uh, the best part about Bumblebee is all the Transformers designs in the movie is kind of how you always wanted them to look like they have that old school uh, 80s, like original animated series aesthetic to them. That's just it. The the character designs in Bumblebee are just so, so gorgeous. And I'm kind of hoping that they stay true to that style um, with this mo- new movie, because to see Beast Wars uh, depicted that way would just be just be awesome overall. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, this sounds cool. So let's, let's see it. Let's make that happen. Um, and I do wonder if they'll do like when, you know, when they transform into like a T-Rex, for example, if it'll be like a realistic looking T-Rex or more like the metal version that you saw, um, in, uh, Transformers four. Yeah. With the Dinobots. Yeah. That's a really good question. I feel like if they are doing beast wars, they've got to do, um, the realistic look. Yeah, yeah, I would I would think so. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, I would think so, too. Um, All right. So Indiana Jones five is in production. Have you seen some of the set photos that have been releasing? No, I've I've kind of been out of the loop on this one. So um, so, you know, I think. Oh, I, I, I think I saw a couple of them, but nothing, nothing too crazy. But I uh, keep going. It's not crazy. There's like it's like a lot of like Harrison Ford walking from his trailer to the set in the costume. There's not much, <laughs> there's not much to show. Um, but it's just kind of like, all right, cool. Indiana Jones five is coming. What, <laughs> what hit me up though, was that, uh, Harrison, it was announced today that Harrison Ford injured himself on the movie during a fight scene. Uh, Disney confirmed that Harrison Ford's injured his shoulder during a fight scene rehearsal for Indiana Jones five production is still proceeding around him while he's being treated. Um, so they're just going to shoot all the, everything around him while they wait. Um, but, uh, the, I just thought it was kind of, I just thought it just put things into perspective that we're actually going to be seeing an 80 year old Indiana Jones in the next Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say is he's 80. So <laughs> right, that's why it, like your my brain is going, wow, it's, it's an 80 year old Indiana Jones. And we're, we're going to see that like, because part of me has got that childhood, like it's Indiana Jones. Here we go. You know what I mean? And then part of me is like, um, and then part of me is like, well, it, he's he's 80 now. <laughs> um, and at the same time, we're at the 40 year mark for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And um, I honestly kind of want to watch that again just for the sake of nostalgic purposes, because it's such an amazing movie. But um, it's it made me question, like, I understand Harrison's still around and he wants the role. But why haven't we recast Indiana Jones yet? But um, I trust James Mangold because the movies he's put out have been phenomenal and um, I, I'm really anxious to see this movie. So like we gotta, we gotta give that guy the space to work. So 
Yeah, I agree with that. I saw um, there was a little bit of uh, hate, I think, going around that I saw online uh, regarding the set photos from this movie. And most of it was just centered around Harrison Ford's age. But to me, it's just like it is a set. It is set photos. You know, Um, we got to wait to see the final finished product. And uh, this movie could be amazing. So we don't really know yet. But uh, it is exciting that they're uh, moving forward with this new Indiana Jones film. Right. Um, and I'm just, I'm down for more Indiana Jones. So I can't wait to see what they're going after too. Like what's the MacGuffin of the film? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Ready for the weird one? (sighs) Yeah, sure thing. All right. Well, this is the deal. Okay. This is, um, Jerry Seinfeld is going to direct and star in a movie about pop tarts. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> so I'm thinking of our show and I'm thinking about how much of a Superman fan Jerry Seinfeld is. So I thought this was going to be Superman or comic book related. And then you said Pop-Tarts. And I was like, all right, well, then. <laughs> um, yeah, there's not much there. And I was just kind of like, um, oh, OK. <laughs> um, however, however. I can laugh at that all I want because on paper that sounds absolutely absurd and ridiculous and I can't believe that's a thing. That being said, did you ever see the B movie? Yeah, yeah, I've I've watched the B movie. Right. Uh this sounds like it's uh it's Seinfeld. gonna be along the same line. <laughs> Seinfeld did the B movie and that movie was actually pretty decent. So Uh, You know what I mean? Like there was some real intelligence put to that. Um, It's not the best movie out there, but it actually is. It was an enjoyable sit and I'm kind of glad I saw it. It's fine. So as much as I laughed at that, like, ooh, a movie about pop darts. (laughs) Um, Here we go. So, yeah. Yeah. The B movie, it's a solid, like pretty good movie, but it is one of those movies where the amount of just puns related to B related things in that movie is just the most ridiculous it's just so over the top how many b puns are in that movie and i don't know how they're going to do it with pop tarts but that's exactly what i expect out of this new movie so i mean maybe i'll i'll check it out i'm not really sure but uh no this is a very weird and uh ridiculous story but it makes me laugh for sure yeah yeah um well all right i got one more story for you man um i don't know if you saw it but the suicide squad released a third trailer (laughs) Just might be the last trailer they released. Did you see it? I you know what? I actually haven't watched it yet. I did see it going around and I've just been so busy that I kind of forgot. But uh, how was it? Did you check it Uh, out? So in terms if you watch the other Suicide Squad trailer movies, you're not getting any more like there's really no extra story stuff in there. You're getting a little bit more of a focus on uh, Idris Elba's character Bloodsport. Um, and, and that's just at the beginning. And then the trailer just gets bonkers. Like it always has. So, um, there's really no, aside from, they don't do too much insight into the story. They don't do too much insight into the villain. We know it's Starro from the big, uh, reveal from the last trailer. Um, you do get to see a close up of like part of Starro, <laughs> Um, and you get to see a, you see it, you get to see a couple good glimpses of him and they make reference to it being a giant starfish and you're just like, and you know what I mean? So that was kind of cool. Um, but the big thing that stood out for me in the trailer was there is a, where, where did I put that? Okay. Uh, blood sport, why he was put in jail to begin with. And it's in dialogue in the trailer. So this is technically a spoiler if you don't want to hear it. But so close your eyes, ears for like just a couple seconds. 
Um, but it says Bloodsport being in jail because he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet. All right, um, then. That's first off, that's awesome. Secondly, that is phenomenal world building because. What we know is whether you're looking at the Snyder Cut, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, any of that stuff, Superman's still part of the universe. So, and we, there are off screen things that have happened. You know what I mean? And when you say that this character, the reason he's in jail is because he, you know, part of the part of what happened is he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet. It's like, awesome. Okay. You know, we don't know much more than that. It doesn't really matter, but that's just, that's world building. That one line of dialogue is world building and it raises questions and it tells a story with just that line of dialogue. You know what I mean? And I just thought, yeah. that was, I just thought it was brilliant. So absolutely. And it's uh, it, you know, it tells us that there's a kryptonite bullet out there. Um, besides what we saw, uh, Batman use in uh, Batman V Superman, which just brings in other, um, stories from the comics and stuff. And, uh, no, it's just really, uh, really exciting to think about all that yeah so um i just thought it was awesome and um i, I had to bring that up um i would say check out the trailer if you get a chance um i mean you don't know i definitely check will it it's it's one of those things where i can't believe i forgot but <laughs> now i'm remembering as you well, just kind of, mentioned it so it almost blew past me but i was like oh you know i should probably check that out so mm -hmm. yeah yeah anyway nice um so it is um, that's the end of the news, man. Like I said, it's kind of a light news week. Um, I thought it was kind of weird. I'm like, don't really have a lot of stuff to talk about, but it was kind of light. So uh, do you want to talk the list? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, man. Well, Ryan, do me a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. All right, Pete, it is my pick this week. Um, I realized going through and I have our I have our list of lists fully updated. I went through and got it all like properly updated. So I know where we're at um, on this on the no, noble spreadsheet, if you will. Um, I thought it was interesting. One, two, three, four, five. You know how we talk about doing uh, like looking at an actor's career and doing their movies. We've only done five of those. <laughs> Um, nice. <laughs> that, that kind of blew my mind. We've done a lot more. Uh, um, we've done a good handful of uh, years, but uh, we barely touched any like specific actors, which I thought was interesting. Um, but tonight we're going to be talking about military movies. Um, and the linchpin I had to this when I thought of this list is no space. Um, meaning no movies that take place in space, if, that, if you will. Um, and the reason I wanted to do that was because I was worried that we would um i would show up with like five star wars movies and that's not fair to the other military movies out there um and that kind of made me laugh a little bit so um yeah uh if that makes sense so um no space movies military specifically and i know that out there if you think about it that that's a lot of like ultimately you can say well they're gonna you know talk about all the famed like saving private ryan and you know uh dunkirk and you know uh we had 1970 1917 which one was it was it 1917 yeah, 1917, yeah. i was drawing a blank in the year for a second there like some of those really big ones you got to remember that when i say military movies that doesn't mean war films or entirely mean war films i could be talking about a movie that is about the military but it takes place in a courtroom, like A Few Good Men, for example. And then you have movies like Saving Private Ryan that are on the battlefield. There's a big, there's a thin line, uh, or a, there's a degree there, if you will. So 
Um, that's why I say that, like, it might not necessarily be, you know, do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. I think, um, I took a pretty similar approach because, um, I can't remember if you said no space movies last week, but I was thinking about it and I was like, well, technically every star Wars movie could be, uh, a military movie, but I just, I knew that didn't really fit the bill, um, for what you're looking for. And, uh, so most of mine tend to stick to, uh, more realistic, uh, grounded movies that take place within, Wars that we know, or at least um, military branches that we know and stuff like that. Um, I will say that military movies, admittedly, for me, are, are a bit of a, a blind spot. Like, I really enjoy them, but it's not, I don't know, I'm such a, uh, I'm always drawn to, like, sci-fi, horror, fantasy movies, like, really imaginative stuff. And it's kind of to a fault that um, there's probably a lot of just really good military movies that I haven't seen. Uh, but with that being said, almost every time I watch one of these movies, I act absolutely fall in love with it, and I'm just glad that I watched it. So it's just one of those things I need to keep in mind, you know, when I'm selecting a movie to watch on any given night or whatever. But uh, no, this was a fun list to put together. And um, yeah, I guess we'll just see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, so this was my pick. I only have one honorable mention. Um, I actually I I found it kind of difficult pulling putting together honorable mentions because I was really kind of like going through um, and I got a I got movies on here that are very like one of them I've talked heavily about most of these movies. I have not really talked about on the podcast. So, Oh, uh, wow. Most of mine, um, we have talked about, um, and I also have, uh, two honorable mentions. So, um, (laughs) I guess I can start, um, my two honorable mentions. I did. Yeah. You're going to have to play the game so we can go proper order. You're going to have to give me both your honorables, right? (laughs) You're going to have to go back to back on honorables. So, yeah, that's fine. Um, One of mine, I think, is a cheat, and one of mine, I just don't think fits the bill perfectly. Uh, But the first one I picked, which is not really a cheat, but I think kind of, is uh, Forrest Gump. Because, I mean, this is a movie that the Vietnam War takes such a big, is such a huge impact on this whole story of uh, Forrest Gump's life. But that's not all that the movie's about, so I just felt like it was a bit of a cheat. But when you really think about it, when you think about... Forrest Gump going to Vietnam and that whole, um, you know, that whole piece of his life he had to endure. And then um, coming back home and uh, the whole story with Lieutenant Dan and uh, this being a movie that dealt with like PTSD and just really heavy subjects. uh, This movie's always stuck with me. Um, And I think part of it is because this movie I saw when I was like, I want to say eight years old ish, like because that's when it came out. And it's one of those movies that, you know, me and everybody else I know my age watched with their family when it came out because it was just that big of a movie. But the movie tackles some really heavy subjects like how I mentioned PTSD and uh, it talks about AIDS and just really, really heavy subjects. And I think the uh, the depictions of Vietnam in this movie have just always stuck with me. And I think it's just because it's one of the first movies that kind of depicted war like that, that I actually saw personally, like in my own life. So I think that's why this one has stick, stuck with me a lot. But it's not only about military stuff. So I felt like this one was a cheat. But that's my first honorable mention. All right. Uh, what is your second honorable mention? Yeah, absolutely. So the second one I went with is uh, something that you just mentioned, Drew, which is A Few Good Men. Um, 
And this is an amazing movie. We've talked about it before. Um, I love it. It has a really engrossing story that like it's one of those things that anytime I see it on, I'm going to want to watch it. It just because I think of it, I know it. the movie, everything in the movie takes place around the military, but I still think of it more as like a court movie or a trial movie. And that's just kind of why it made one of my honorable mentions as opposed to being properly on my list, but, uh, definitely a great film. Sure. All right. Um, well, I'm going to, I'll piggyback on a few good men. That is one of my all time favorite movies when I've seen a thousand times, probably more countless times. Let's put it that way. It's one that I constantly like, we'll stop if it's on TV, I'll make sure I stop and leave it on and that kind of stuff. Um, I absolutely love that movie. So, um, and I've talked about it heavily before, so I won't go too much into it, but yeah, great, great pick. Um, my honorable mention, uh, for, um, uh, my one honorable mention is a movie called Gettysburg. Uh, do you know this movie? Yeah, yeah, I have uh, I've I've seen this one. This is okay. a really great film. It's it's a Civil War film. Um, it is um, so it's a Civil War film. It specifically follows the uh, Battle of Gettysburg, if you will. Uh, you know, made famous by uh, Lincoln's speech, the Gettysburg Address. Um, that being said, though, it's like Jeff Daniels. Um, I'd have to go through the list, but he plays one of the main. Um, he plays one of the main generals. I. Honestly, I haven't seen the movie in a really long time, so I don't remember which general he plays. But this is a four hour epic. This is like Snyder cut length. Uh, <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> and, I, and I only say that because it literally is four hours. But the movie is astounding. It's powerful. It's incredible. They really did their homework in terms of making sure everything was done properly. Um, I've been to Gettysburg. I really do think they shot the whole thing on location. Um, so it's just the movie's incredible. Um, and if you've never seen it, I highly recommend trying to find it. It's really, really cool. Um, and it's all true. So, you know what I mean? When you put that into perspective. So, uh -oh. yeah, um, I think I saw this movie when I was really young, like around the time it came out. And then I remember watching it years later. I think I was in high school and uh, we watched this in one of my classes. And it's definitely a great war movie. Um, it's kind of one of those things where I don't remember a lot of the details because I've just haven't seen it in so in so long. But this is a really good movie and I feel like it doesn't get talked about a lot. So it's kind of cool that you're bringing it up right now. Yeah, it's not a movie that gets talked about. And my friend Travis, who was on the podcast uh, from Chicago Science Bros, he and I were talking uh, war movies because he's trying to show some of his kids some of the um, the better ones, if you will. So he's kind of doing he's kind of showing them some some movies and stuff. And I brought up Gettysburg. And he's like, I don't know if I've ever seen that one. Um, and I told him it's just in terms of like getting to the Civil War, era, it might be a little bit more uh, kid friendly than like a movie like Glory. Now, Glory is a phenomenal movie, but I think Gettysburg might be a little more kid friendly in that department. So, uh, oh, that ma that makes sense. I um, I knew one or both of them were pretty gory, but I wasn't really sure. Well, they're but both. It sounds like <laughs> I mean, it's the Civil War, so it's it's pretty they're pretty brutal no matter what. But between the two, uh, Glory, I think, is a really little more heavy handed in terms of subject matter and the stuff on screen and everything like that. So because it deals with a lot of the oppression stuff with the black soldiers and that kind of thing, uh, where Gettysburg is focused primarily more on the battle and the historical stuff that happened during the battle and stuff. So, OK, awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, man, what's your first actual pick for the night? Yeah, so my first pick, um, you just mentioned Gettysburg being Snyder Cut length, and that's a perfect segue because my perfect pick is the Snyder Cut. Oh, right. I'm, I'm, I'm totally joking. <laughs> um, no, my, 
my first pick is um, maybe kind of like the Snyder Cut is the most unrealistic pick on my list, and that is uh, Inglorious Bastards. Um, and I say it's unrealistic just because of events in the movie, you know, historical events that just never took place, and the movie just blatantly rubbing it in your face that uh, you know things didn't happen this way. But uh, no, this is a great film uh, that takes place during World War II. Um, I love this movie. We've talked about it a lot, but it's just it's great characters. It's Quentin Tarantino. So, you know, from a visual aspect, from, you know, cinematography, even to the soundtrack, like it's all just great. But uh, the thing that always captivate captivates me about this movie is how Quentin Tarantino found a way to make very quiet, um, subtle dialogue scenes uh, actually be extremely suspenseful and um you know, scenes where all the characters seem very calm, but there's stuff going on uh, kind of behind the scenes in quotes that uh, really keep you on the end, edge of your seat. And there's tons of dramatic irony in the movie. And I just think it's uh, it's kind of a masterpiece in uh, suspense building uh, overall. So, uh, yeah, this one, like I said, we've talked about a lot, but it legit is one of my favorite military movies. So, yeah, that's my first pick. Um, yeah, uh, I I love this movie. Um, it's quite fantastic in general. And I know I, the opening, my favorite moments in the movie are the openings, the opening scene when he's like kind of interrogating the guy and the Jews are hiding under the floor. Um, yes. I absolutely love that scene. It is so incredibly intense. And the other scene I absolutely love is when they're in like in the bar, uh, Di- the scene where Diane Kruger and them are playing the card game or whatever in the bar. And then Michael Fassbender and his Nazi soldiers come in. Um, that's the other one. I just, I love those two scenes are probably my favorite parts, um, of the film altogether. Um, but yeah, this, this movie's great. And yes, there is the, uh, historical significant stuff that happens, but at the same time, like, um, overall, like it's, it's, it's a phenomenal movie. So yeah. Um, absolutely. All right. So my first pick for the night is Black Hawk Down. Um, this is, it's not, it's not a it's not a war film so much as it's a rescue film. Uh, yeah, there is the combat and stuff, um, and you deal with the incursion and everything that happened there. But um, it's intense. It's gripping. The action's incredible. Um, the characters are compelling. Um, they picked such a phenomenal cast to play all those characters. Um, it's it's such a wonderful film too. Like when you just like watch it from top to bottom, but it's such, it's so well put together. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, um, but yeah, Black Hawk Down was my first pick for the night. So. Yeah, this is one of those ones where I remember it coming out and it getting a ton of hype. I don't think I've actually seen this or haven't seen it the whole way through. So um, like I said, there's probably a ton of military movies that I have missed, but um, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I Black Hawk Down is another one that, uh, it got so much hype back in the day and I don't hear people bring it up a lot, but uh, I'm going to keep this one on my radar. Cause I think I definitely need to uh, check it out. All right. Um, all right, man, what's your next one? Okay. So the next pick I'm going to go with, um, I mentioned that we've already talked about a lot of the picks on my list, but uh, I went with Hacksaw Ridge. Um, this is the Andrew Garfield movie about, um, a man in, uh, I think it's World War Two. It might be World War One. I. I can't remember precisely, but it's World, he based- it's World War Two. And I will say that I have not seen this. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. One, well, so, so this is going to be all your review, but like this is one that I've been meaning to see, and I just never got a chance. So, well, this is a story about a man who um, 
who, you know, he's, he's going to war, he's in the military. And, um, after, I can't remember if he enlisted or if he was drafted, but he, uh, decides to be a conscientious objector, um, because of his, uh, because of his religion, he decides to go that route. And, uh, it's kind of just the story of how, um, how difficult his life becomes because of, uh, him just deciding to stick to the his principles that he believes that it's wrong to uh, kill someone. And it goes through like you see him go through boot camp and how that is like a really hard time for the guy. And uh, you actually see him go through um, events on the battlefield and stuff and how he's actually able to assist um, his uh, team out there while also not believing in causing violence to anyone and how he actually made a huge difference in the battlefield. And it's just a really, it's a really touching story and uh, it's really inspiring. Cause like how committed this guy was to his, uh, to his principles. Like, I feel like I'm not committed to anything like that in my life. And it's just one of those things that it really gets you choked up while watching. And it's a really fascinating story. And uh, I don't want to say too much else. It's just it's just a really good film. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> that's probably all I want to say about it. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much more, but uh, I definitely think this is a good uh, movie for everybody to check out. Nice. All right. So I'm going to talk about one that might that might make you laugh, but this is it is a military movie, and it is um, one of the best advertisements for the military. And it saw, adver- and it saw increased um, uh, enlistment. Um, like, like enlistment went through the roof when this movie came out. And that is Top Gun. Um, I don't know when the la- how many times I've seen this movie. This is countless. Um, I know I burned through a videotape or two when I was a kid because um, I watched it too many times. Uh, but this movie is one of the coolest military movies out there. Um, aside from like, yes, it's a serious movie. Yes, it deals with serious stuff. But at the same time, it is incredibly um, fun and exciting and it's an adventure so much as it is the serious military stuff. Um, and it makes you excited to see it and it makes you like, it's, I mean, it's jet porn, if you will. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it makes me super excited for the next one that hopefully we still get, uh, this Christmas. Um, but yeah, so Top Gun, um, we've talked about this movie a lot, so I don't want to like bog down and continue to like, uh, you know, really like explode on this because we've talked about it heavily in the past, but that had to go on. There's no way I could do this list without including that movie. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, uh, agree with everything you say with everything you just said. And, uh, that can be evident in the fact that we matched, uh, top gun made my list as well. Um, and it is funny because you think of military movies and you always think of those really, crazy war stories where there's people down in like the trenches and stuff. And, uh, this movie doesn't fit that bill at all, but it definitely, you can't deny that it's a military film and, uh, top gun is like, there is some really serious parts, but it is just a really, a really fun movie. And it's just really great. And, uh, like you said, we've blown this movie up in the past, so we don't have to say too much, but, uh, yeah, definitely a great film. Good match. Did we? Yeah, we did. Oh, we did. Okay. (laughs) I guess this rolls back to me um, and I'm going to actually throw it back to you because my next one's going to be a few good men. Um, oh, nice. Um, and I've, I've talked and I didn't expect this to be as uh, 
us to blow through these movies like this because, but I knew we were going to talk about a couple ones we've talked about before. Um, yeah, a few good men, wonderful movie. Everyone should watch it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, dude, you're number two for the night. Sure, so my number, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, part of it is like almost all my films we've just talked a lot about, but uh, my number two film is uh, Saving Private Ryan, um, and this is an. Um, this is just an amazing movie about World War II that everybody needs to watch. And uh, this is another one we've talked extensively. Um, pretty, I, th- I feel like decently recently um, on our, uh, I think it was top five movies from 1999. Um, I believe we talked about Saving Private Ryan a lot. So if anybody wants to hear our thoughts on that mo- on this movie, they should probably just go back and listen to this to that episode. But uh No, this movie is incredible. There's um, amazing actors or an amazing cast um, with amazing acting. Uh, It's just a really touching story. Um, There's tons of just awesome action and stuff. And uh, I talked a lot about it on the 1999 episode. But in my opinion, uh, the special effects in this movie aren't talked a a lot about. But the special effects and the set work and um, CGI and just all that all those aspects of the of this movie are just like spot on where you actually feel like you are in World War II invade, invading the beach at Normandy or you're you know in some of these sort of uh trench warfare or uh, urban warfare uh battle scenes and i think it's just a really seamless um there's a lot of just really seamless special effects in this movie and i feel like the movie doesn't get enough credit uh in that regard so yeah, and we've—I almost feel like we've kind of exhausted everything we got to say about this movie because we've talked yeah. about previous <laughs> episodes. So I don't have anything to add, but um, yeah, I just don't have anything to add, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, well, I guess that gives me my number two pick for the night. Um, so my number two pick for the night is a movie called Basic. Have you ever seen this? Uh, maybe the title's really ringing the bell. I don't know if I've actually watched it or not, though. So I brought this movie up and someone uh, heard me like we were just talking in conversation and someone heard me say basic. And they're like, isn't that the movie about the girl who, uh, you know, gets really obsessed with the guy and starts stalking him? And I thought for a minute and I was like, what movie? And I'm like, you know, the movie with Glenn Close. And I was like, OK, so you're thinking of Fatal Attraction and you're getting <laughs> confused with a movie called Basic Instinct. And I was over here thinking of uh, Swim a Fan. So. <laughs> yes. No, I'm talking about a movie called Basic. Um, so Samuel Jackson. Um, it's OK. Samuel Jackson, Giovanna Ribisi, uh, John Travolta, Tim Daly. Um, who else is in this movie? There's a lot. There's a lot of people in this movie. But ultimately, it's about uh, Samuel Jackson takes a group of um, army rangers out for a training drill. Uh, and there's a hurricane coming through, but he's like, you know what? Uh, a war doesn't, uh, stop for storms. So we're going anyway. So they go out into the jungle to do a training, uh, to do a training drill. Something happens and some people die. And the movie starts with two of the guys trying to like one of the guys rescuing one of the other ones and trying to get out of the jungle and getting picked up by the helicopter. The ultimate question is what happened out there? So the movie becomes, so they bring in John Travolta, who's a former Army Ranger, but he's also has um, uh, he also has uh, experience in interrogation. So when I say interrogation, I don't mean torture. What I mean is interrogation room, question and answer, get the truth, 
um, type of interrogation. So he, because he's got experience in it, they bring him in uh, as a litigator to try and figure out what happened and who's telling the truth kind of suspense thriller mystery. Uh, so you get the interrogation scenes with the, the two guys who are trying to tell the, tell the story and they're both telling different sides of it and like which one's telling the truth, which one's not. Um, and you're getting flashbacks to what happened out in the jungle and you're trying to piece it all together. And it's just incredible, like military, like mystery film, if you will. Um, and, uh, it's got such an amazing ending that you might not see coming. I don't want to say it's a twist. I just want to say you might not see it coming. So, um, it's, it, the movie's called basic. It's one of the, it's one of my favorite military movies out there. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I really don't think I've seen this. I don't know why the name just sounds so familiar to me, but it sounds really awesome. So I'll definitely, uh, keep an eye out for this one as well. <laughs> well, I just, I think, yeah, this is definitely like a, a top recommendation kind of a movie for me. So, all right, nice. man, what is your final pick for the evening? So my final pick um, is kind of weird because I feel like it doesn't fit the bill um, when you think about military movies. But if you go <laughs> look up the definition of military, uh, this definitely this definitely works. And uh, I went with uh, Braveheart, which we've <laughs> talked about a lot. But uh, this movie is just amazing. Um, it's just an amazing story of uh, William Wallace and uh, and all that. And it's just uh I don't know. It's one of those movies that I think tugs at my heartstrings, but it also just has all the awesome action and battle scenes and it brings in a little bit of the tactics. And it's just to me, this movie's like everything you want. Like you've got your love story. You've got like your amazing action. You've got like the really touching moments. Um, and this is another one where I just think um, when you see kind of like how the movie ends and sort of uh, William Wallace's uh sacrifice for his people and the uh their freedom that he's fighting for i think it's really inspiring um in that way too so uh kind of in, in a similar way as uh hacksaw ridge was uh which i just was talking about so uh yeah braveheart <laughs> like i said we've talked a lot about this here's the thing in terms of fitting the bill and understanding why you chose that i totally get it um so, well, yeah. I think when you say military movie, I I don't know why my brain always goes to like World War Two and more recent. So it's kind of uh, when you get into like medieval warfare, um, it seems like it would be a different list almost. But uh, no, it definitely still works. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, um, Braveheart is a Braveheart's a phenomenal movie to begin with. But I totally understand where you're coming from when you say military movie. And I think when you say military movie in general, people automatically just jump to World War Two. I really think they do that. Um, and maybe some of the more recent newer ones. Um, but yeah, so I, I hear what you're saying. Um, but it's it Braveheart's a really, really good movie. And I haven't watched it in a long time. Um, so that that kind of mean that that's kind of one that I'd want to sit down and uh give the uh give a go at again just because it's yeah i just haven't seen it in a while but i wonder how it holds up now that i've seen like because there are battle sequences in game of thrones like the battle of the bastards for example that kind of reminiscent of how they handled some of the battle sequences in braveheart and i wonder how that movie holds up now compared to some of the things that have come out yeah and, uh i think game of thrones does have that effect where it kind of it does have like a effect where it kind of ruins a lot of the uh, sort of medieval stories that came before it. Uh, probably the same way as if like 
if you were around in the late 70s and uh, you loved science fiction, but then you watched, uh, you know, Star Wars and New Hope when it first came out. And then you're like, man, all my old favorite movies just suck compared to this. No, it would be interesting if you do watch uh, Braveheart sometime soon. You got to let us know how you think it holds up compared to, uh, you know, like you said, now that you've seen Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, my last pick for the night um, is an actually is actually a best picture winner at one best picture in 2009. And that is the Hurt Locker. Um, have you ever seen this? I have. I've never seen this one either. I know you've brought it up on the show. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I've, I haven't watched it because I've just heard really good things. But uh, no, I just haven't haven't this had a chance to watch is, this one. yet. This movie is incredibly intense. It takes place. Um, it, it's over um, Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, the, the, the current a little more in the in the realm of more recent um military films um and it's the movie that i mean jeremy renner was already an actor in various movies and a few movies prior but this is the movie that really put him on the map uh because he was nominated for an oscar for it but it follows a bomb squad in afghanistan or iraq or wherever they were and they're basically like they're called out to remove landmines or remove devices or like hey we think there's a bomb in this car can you disarm it um or you know they find out about uh, a bombing attempt that's going to happen so they got to locate the bomb and then disarm it um it's absolutely like first off it's incredibly intense um there's not really anything really like funny about the movie um but it's intense and weird and it's a glimpse into what these guys lives were really like while they're over there um catherine bigelow uh is the director she won best director for it as well um absolutely wonderful job and it really translates when you look at some of her other films in terms of like where she gains her influence of where she like um get some of her camera tricks from uh she was married to james cameron for a while um she's the first female director to ever win the best director award um and it's it's the movie is absolutely incredible but the one my favorite scene of the whole movie um is the is near the end of the film and they talk about how like these are their lives and that's all they know is that their lives you know there and they come home and nothing feels right and that kind of stuff and there's a scene where Jeremy Renner's character gets to go home on rotation to see his wife and his kid and they're grocery shopping and they get to the checkout. And she's like, I forgot to get the cereal. And he's like, it's all right. I'll run back and grab it real quick. And he goes into the aisle and there's a shot of him in the grocery aisle by himself. There's no one there. And he's just looking at this just massive row of cereal. And it's just ludicrous and ridiculous as to what he's looking at. And he's got this like look on his face like, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah like this is not my life and then it cuts to day one of the new rotation and he's getting off the helicopter back in afghanistan and then they roll credits and you're just like holy cow like it's just this really powerful moment um the movie's incredible everyone should go see that everyone should see this movie um it is definitely not just do the language and violence and stuff like that. You definitely, it's not one for kids. So, you know, go into that caution, but everyone should see this movie. Um, it's, it's incredible. So I feel like most of the movies we talked about tonight, um, <laughs> aren't well, good for kids, but there's a couple, couple exceptions. I, I mentioned my friend Travis was, he was doing the, um, he was, his kids were asking about more military movies and war films. So he's been kind of trying to show them some stuff and, He's he's screening them first to make sure that they can watch it. Um, that's why I say, like, if you're looking for like 
depending on who you are, you want to show this to your kids, a word of caution, if you will. But um, I feel well, this is just random. But did you guys talk about Pearl Harbor at all? I feel like that one's pretty uh, like not um, too gory or violent. Honestly, I don't remember. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's Michael Bay. So, I mean certain people aren't going to like Pearl Harbor, but <laughs> yeah. that might be a decent one to go with. Um, but no, hearing about your, the hurt locker and especially that, uh, scene close to the end of the movie that you described, it actually makes me really want to watch the movie. Cause that just sounds like a really subtle and smart way to end the film. And I love that. I love stuff like that. So I definitely need to check this movie out. Um, but yeah, that, that, uh, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That was my final pick for the night. Everyone needs to see her locker. It's great. Um, all right. So we have a little bit of an announcement, uh, show business, if you will. Um, Peter here is taking a two week vacation. So, <laughs> and it's his turn for a pick. Yep. So, um, Peter and I are going to try and figure out doing like a bonus episode. If we can squeeze one in this week, just so like he won't really, it won't seem like he's gone for two weeks. Um, but if he, if we can't figure it out on our time schedule, um, I will be probably trying to bring on some guests. Maybe I'll do a solo show. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So it's all going to be a surprise what you're going to get for the next two weeks. However, it's going to be a surprise for you as a listener. It's going to be a surprise for me and it's going to be a surprise (laughs) and it's going to be a surprise for Peter as he goes, what did Drew do while I was gone? Um, yeah, that'll be fun to fun to find out. Either way, I will still be bringing you the news, and I will still be I will be I will still be here for the next two weeks uh, to keep your uh, uh, iPods or phones or however you're listening to us nice and warm and ready to go. What's an iPod? Um, yeah, what's an iPod? Um, so hey, don't knock things. I still use my iPod when uh, in the for my podcasts. Um, and I use it when I'm like uh, riding my bike and stuff. So. Um, okay fair enough i just i i like to i like to use the ipod for the podcast when i'm like doing my like because i go on long bike rides like 20 30 mile bike rides so i like to do that i like to use that for a podcast when i'm riding my bike because it saves the battery on my cell phone so um fair enough nice and that's yeah so that's so you could say what's an ipod all you want hey (laughs) um at any rate um so Peter's going to be gone for a couple weeks. Um, we're going to try and figure some stuff out, but you're going to have a couple episodes that are going to be kind of let's see where they go kind of thing. So they're going to be surprised for everybody. That being said, though, the next list is Peter's pick. So, Peter, what are we going to do when you come back? What's the list we're doing when you get back? Well, so I really wanted to do just a list that was going to be a lot of fun. And I got this idea and I'm really glad that you brought up the fact earlier this episode that we haven't done a lot of lists based around actors, because uh, what I want to do when we come back is our top five Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Um, I think that's going to be just a really fun list. There's going to be. Tons of just fun, nostalgic vibes and uh, just a lot of badass movies to talk about. So, uh, yeah, that's what I want to do when I finally return. Um, so, Arnold. <laughs> um, so what's interesting about that is uh, he's been he has a massive, massive film career. Um, and yeah, we could sit and talk about Terminator and, you know, uh, Predator and, uh, Total Recall all we want, which probably those movies are going to be on both of our lists. And we're gonna have to <laughs> yeah. However, it's going to be, it, we're going to have some, we're going to have a fun talk and the, I think the honorable mentions are going to be more shocking than the actual list. Um, absolutely. 
Um, because like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie sixth day, but, uh, that movie was actually pretty decent, even for the bad, uh, press it got. So, um, you know, that, that, that's one that might make an honorable mention. I have no idea. I got to go back and look at his list, but that was just one that came to mind. So that means in two weeks, um, Peter will be back from vacation and we'll be discussing the short, the film career of Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, the governor, if you will. Um, <laughs> And then I will be surprising you with whatever I can come up with. So, uh, Peter, um, anything else before we put this episode in the can for the night? No. Yeah, I just thought this was a fun list. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to talking about Arnold. And, uh, yeah, nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> awesome. Well, everyone, if you'll do us a favor, check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Um, you can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our social media. Either way works. Uh, we're on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, you can also leave us a review. We love those five-star reviews, but we also understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be letting you know that the book was just way better than the non-fungible token. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right, man. Well, from the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, restore the Snyder Cut, everybody. Um, Snyder Burks. Restore the Snyder Burks. Um, Peter, we'll see you in two weeks. Everyone have a good night. Um, thanks for listening.